Welcome to the Fizzle Show! <laughs> All right. Hey, this is the Fizzle Show, where every Friday we publish another conversation about the art and science of supporting yourself, doing something you actually care about. How about that idea? In this episode, if you want to write things that inspire action, like web sales pages that effectively sell your product, or emails that readers will click on and share, or etc., then this podcast is for you. I repeat, if you want to make things on the internet that work, if you want to publish web pages and videos and podcasts and emails into the world that get results, you are in the right place. Because in this episode, we're going to talk about copywriting. Uh, Some of you probably just got super bored. Uh, Sounds boring, right? Nope. Nope. There's an art form here that I'll bet if you listen to this show, you'll see completely differently afterwards. So along with this show is a free guide and article, which you can find at fizzleshow.co slash 178. I'll tell you about it in the episode. In case you aren't familiar about what we do here at Fizzle, we run fizzle.co, all right, where we show creatives, freelancers, and entrepreneurs of all shapes and sizes how to build a business that actually works. We have a roadmap broken into three phases that guides you through every step of small business. We have courses from experts in podcasting, video making, and business essentials like networking and getting more clients. Membership to fizzle.co costs about a dollar a day. But as a listener of the show, I mean, we like you guys a lot. We give you a a much bigger discount or a big free trial thing here. You ready? But as a listener to the show... You can try your first five weeks for free on us when you go to fizzle.co slash try five. Fizzle.co slash try five. Follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 178. I will be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. Your clap skills are great because you're back on the show. It's been so long, Steph. Oh my God. (laughs) Corbett just wookied. He just wookied all over me. I feel so honored to be greeted with Wookiee sounds. Yeah, honestly, that is a, from Corbett. That is actually a very rare and special treat. Oh, it's I'm a aware. special day. It's a special damn day. <laughs> so a long time waiting for Steph. Steph. You have been out. Where the heck have you been? You guys, I uh, turns out I brought a human into the world. You kind made of, a human. It's kind of a big deal. Wait, wait. Uh, it's well, really how did funny. you synthesize? How did you synthesize this this crazy human? Like, where did it come from? It came from my body, which was a crazy experience. And wow. on top of that, it's just so it's still so weird. Like our new insurance cards came yesterday. Like mm-hmm. my daughter's name is like on our insurance card. And John and I looked at each other. We're like, she's on the grid. Like she's a person. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> the president knows about her now. <laughs> yeah, it was so crazy. So, yes, I um, had a baby girl in May. Her name is Madeline. We call her Maddie most of the time. And I have been. Uh, kind of just getting, you know, finding out which way is up for the past three months. And now I'm back. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, first of all, ho- holy crap, hallelujah, and congratulations. Mm-hmm. Well, thank Second you. Second of all, welcome, welcome, welcome back. And third of all, like, just give us a, a little, pri- like, what's it been like? It has been, oh man, it's been so great. I feel like now, you know, we're three and a half months in and 
I have like, we're, we're like just starting to really find a bit of a schedule. It's actually just this week. We were like, all right, we all need to establish like this time of day our family is awake because it's just been like all over the place, like just mm-hmm. trying to figure out when to sleep. Yeah. Um, but I mean, oh my gosh, just like all, all the emotions, overwhelming, exhausting, exciting, amazing, just like a completely challenging, but really fun and very rewarding, especially because now she's old enough to be kind of smiling and like giving us some actual feedback that she recognizes us as like human beings that yeah. are in her life, which yeah. has made it a lot of, I don't know, a lot more fun. So each stage is, is kind of getting progressively better, which is really neat, but I'm super excited to be back on the show. I've heard from a lot of people who've been, who've actually been asking me because this is at the time of this recording, this is my, what is this? My second week back, third week back, something like that. And people have reached out and been like, when are you coming back on the show? So for all of you guys who have been asking after me, I really appreciate it. It's actually really uh, makes me feel good to know that there are people who are wondering what, like where my voice is. So yeah. thank, thank you to, the, to everybody who reached out. I'm, I'm really excited to be back. It's been an absolute sausage fest over here. <laughs> Some people so are into it, and if that's your thing. You should smell the musk of our podcasting room. <laughs> it's 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 rich. It's a thick, thick, thick smell. It's very it's very fecund. Mm. <laughs> I got him. I got him with that one, folks. Wow. Yeah, why wouldn't it be? People I've been getting a lot of, of day. I've been getting a lot of texts about the Alan Watts impersonations. Mm, and it's I'm, pretty good. Loving that, guys. Keep those texts coming. Yeah. Keep those uh those those tweets. Just say it. Tell me how how good I am at it because it really feels good. Sometimes I can get it. Sometimes I can't. I'll try my best for you guys. I mean, sometimes I can get it. And sometimes I can't. <laughs> and, you know, I'll try my best for you guys. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then I've been. I the reason why Steph wasn't on the last couple shows is because we had canned uh pre pre recorded a handful of episodes because my family and I were on a a month long road trip. Um, we weren't bringing babies into the world, but we were uh, traveling. So that was fun, going through California and traveling and seeing old friends and stuff like that. But now we're back. I'm still... I'm well, you didn't miss a beat on the podcast. I, yeah, we didn't miss a beat on the podcast because you true. guys heard everything the Corbin That's and I That's the magic of pre-recording. And I had a lot of fun, Corbett, just you and I. That was fun. Those are good days. That was pretty good. We got to church We're it up again, though. Really now. sorry we to break, we gotta, break up we, the party, guys. We got to keep it classy. We got to keep it classy because <laughs> Steph's here. I'll bring the class. I'll do my best. You well, you've always you only have ever brought the class. Okay, so we got a big topic today because we wrote a, a whole big old article about this one. Um, big old, big, big, big one, big old, article. big old, big old. Uh, I, I was just commenting. I, it there's a chance it's the longest blog post ever published. So the reason why it's long is because it's a, such an important topic, dear listener, and it's this it's this whole idea of. You know, you go through all of this work of coming up with a product idea, making this product, and then you, you've you designed and sketched it and put it all together. And now you're like, I can't wait to get this out in front of the world. But in order to get it in front of the world, you got to put like a, a page up that says, hey, here's what this product is. Here's what it does. Here's how much it costs. And if you're like most of us, you're selling something either where there's a lot of competition, so you've got to stand out, or... It's not a very competitive space because not that many people want it yet. And you kind of have to convince convince, people to get it, right? So you've got to do this thing called copywriting. Copywriting. This, You've got it. Well, one step beyond that, what we have to do is you have to convince them. You have to persuade them. You have to entice them. You have to inspire them. You You have to allure them to... The, to your thing to say like hey this thing this, this part of your life that you don't have but you want this product's gonna help you get it 
Yeah. Right? And so the art of that is called copywriting. It's using writing principally to inspire action. I saw, I think somebody tweeted maybe today, maybe it was in the, uh, oh yeah, somebody just tweeted, copywriting is the art of using words to inspire action. Da-da-da! That's one of your quotes. That's one of the quotes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, copywriting isn't isn't writing. It's not creative writing. It's not, it's, it's writing with a very specific goal and it's to inspire action. It's to get someone, the reader, to take action, to click the button, to share it with a friend, whatever your action is that you want them to yeah. take, it has a sort of very express purpose. And so that's that's the difference between copywriting and and just writing for yeah. fiction or whatever else. Right? So here's my, let's start like this. Corbett, like as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. who've been you've been doing this for a long time, you support yourself completely by it. This is, your entrepreneurship enables your freedom in your life. It enables you to travel with your wife all the time that you want to do. Mm. It en- enables you to base effectively design Buy gluten-free dog treats. Gluten-free dog <laughs> treats. Actually, it's grain-free dog food is what we have to buy. It, these kinds of things are what make you who you are, yeah. you know, that knowing the difference between those two things. But this 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 entrepreneurial lifestyle has afforded you like or this entre- your entrepreneurship, your ability to make stuff and sell it to people. I keep my entrepreneurship at home on a shelf. I don't know about you, but I just like to look at it once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> like in a bottle, like a yeah. ship in a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? It's the SS entrepreneur, don't you know? It is a replica, of course, not the real thing. Um, and the the but the point I'm getting to is you have had to write so many sales pages and so many pieces of copy to inspire action. We're talking podcast introduction. We're talking emails, you know, that go out and that, that get you get people to buy things. This is, this is the art of persuasion, the art of like convincing someone to do the thing. So you have done this for forever. And as you look back over, over your, I don't know, what is copywriting? What has your experience of it been like? Uh, so I, I like to think that copywriting is, so it's it's a specific thing because you're writing and it's on the web. But to me, it's a lot like other things that you have to do in your life yeah. just to succeed in general. Yeah. So it's a lot like if you were a politician, it's a lot like the stump speech. You mm. know, It's yeah. the thing that you have to do on a regular basis to convince people, to inspire them to take action in some way, to vote for yep. you or to buy something or whatever. Even if you're not in the public sphere, you have to make a compelling case whenever you want a project at your job to go through whenever you want to win an interview. There are all these things when you have to be inspiring and copywriting is interesting because you get more opportunities to practice that and to hone it and get better at it. And yeah, it's something that you're doing kind of all the time in some ways. right? Yeah. And because you're, you're able to, instead of having to deliver a talk to, you know, someone for an interview, in this case, you get to really spend time and shape and craft every single word and line and really think about it and map it out. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know, to me, I, I never took any courses on it or anything you've studied a lot more than i have i know that you've studied a lot of the old greats a lot of old advertising and stuff like that um for me it's it just kind of grew out of i think learning how to write a compelling essay in fourth grade yeah yeah and then uh (laughs) and then working in high school journalism charles dickens look at uh at early days england is a very fascinating read about um I don't know. I wish I had to do a better job. I wrote a, I wrote a, I remember a book report I did on great expectations and I titled, I'm like a copywriter. I titled it Pip or Joe or no, no Pip and Joe are two characters in there. Pip and Joe 
friend or foe? <laughs> I swear to God, I made that as the title of the book when report. Was like, like I don't know. How do you remember this? I don't know. It's like it's like it's stuck in my head. Wow. I don't know. I don't have any memories. But That's I've got incredible. Pip and Joe, friends or fro, 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 fro. Um, but but anyways, uh, this I yeah because so you've been doing it. I, I mean, when you look at your when you look back on because I love what you said. You didn't study it. You never like took it all that seriously. But you, it's a it's a thing that obviously you've done. You've had to do. Yeah. And and so I'm and, curious about just your relationship yeah. to it as a practitioner. And I think like getting better at it is a matter of observing what other people are doing and and trying to examine it and say yeah. like why why do I think that works or or what doesn't work about that and then also just uh you know with the other cool thing about copywriting is in comparison to just like trying to convince one person of something with with speech is with copywriting you get to through analytics yeah. see how effective it's been you can literally look and see how far people made it down the page what they clicked on yeah. where they were tracking with their mouse um, and ultimately whether or not they bought something. Yeah. And so if you have to do a lot of it, you just get better and better at it over time through the observation and trying to improve some things and then observing what works for other people. And then, you know, maybe I'm sure there's been some study along the way, um, just in terms of like looking up like copywriting tips and tricks and things like that. Yeah. You know, I, I try not to be too, uh, copywriting E, yeah. you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. there's a, there's a, a formula that a lot of people follow absolutely and it's really kind of salesy and it follows a familiar pattern yeah it's it's almost like a a a, a, a fake kind of intimacy that comes with it in some ways yeah. and, you know like there's definitely a style and a voice yeah. that has a a that that really seems to work for a certain kind of people online right that isn't working uh, that doesn't work on me and so I don't imagine it's going to work on the people that I want to be buying my thing because I think highly of them. You right. know what I mean? Right. Um, let's talk about this, this sleaziness of, so copywriting is, is sort of like the sleek can, can be like the sleaziest thing in the world. A lot, a lot of guys who want to do business, um, they'll start at copywriting cause they're like, well, Hey, I got to be able to convince people, you know, I got to sell. Yeah. Hey, that's what I do. I sell. Hey, you know? And so copywriting is sort of the salesmanship of entrepreneurship on the web yeah. if you're if you're making a product that you're selling online um and that doesn't and not just a product could be you know if you're trying to entice people to to subscribe to your email list on the sidebar of your blog yeah that's a piece of copywriting that traditionally for me has been one of the most like fascinating pieces of copy mm -hmm. for me because i remember when we designed redesigned think traffic a while ago I just in the in the photoshop file that as i was kind of like fiddling with the design i, I would always just copyright those little bits because I wanted it to feel fresh. I wanted it to feel like, you know, even though I was yeah. like, this is all change eventually. Every one of my, including you, every one of my clients kept the copy that I used in the Photoshop yeah. documents, you yeah, know? Yeah, and that's what made you uh, such a great designer. Because yeah, because I was never designing. Instead of lorem ipsum, you're actually thinking about who's the customer for this. Exactly. Yeah. It's all one and the same. Like it starts with the words and then it's like, let's put a box around it that doesn't mess that up. Right. You know? Um, so, because my relationship, anyway, so first, first of all, let's get into this idea of the, of the douchiness of this. Um, because this has a chance of be, the possibility of being very, very douchey. But it also might surprise you to know that there's a long line from advertising of very, um, a very sort of, uh, I don't know, a very good-hearted advertising people who are using copywriting and the, the budgets of their clients to try to change the world. Because for, and especially now today, businesses want to be on this like charity, uh, want to feel charitable. 
that like we like it when a business like, yeah they want to have some sort of social investment they want to have yeah, yeah they, they want they want us to feel they don't they don't want to have that they want us to believe that about right. them right so they've got to do it in some ways or they've got to make it look like it right thanks a lot exxon yeah thanks exxon thanks tom's shoes right i've been i've been to africa i've never seen any kids wearing tom's shoes yeah where do they actually go where do they go I want proof. <laughs> I want proof. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Are you kidding me? Um, but anyways, all of this to say, copywriting is extremely, extremely powerful because it's the last point of your, of your. if you're a product first kind of person and you want to make the best possible product, you're still going to have to work on your copywriting at the end because that's the experience that's going to push someone over the edge to go like, screw it. I'm going to try it. Yeah. You know, and that is that little sacred moment in all of our businesses where someone takes a chance on you. And I want you guys to to fulfill your promises. And I also want you to know how to write in a way that gets them, makes people more prone to say, screw it, let's try it. Yeah. Let's try it. That's what we're doing all day long. People are coming to the Fizzle homepage. They're watching our video. And my whole dream with that video is like, let's get them to go, screw it, let's try it. And if we can get them to try it, sign up, do the thing. And then- they take the welcome course and they're like, wow, these guys are having fun. And this actually makes a lot of sense. This looks like it's going to be powerful. And then they start the roadmap and then they, this, that, and, the and then they make the first forum thread. And then, then they, this, that, and, the and I'm like, I want to hook you. Yeah. I want to hook you on this right. because you want to create a business. And this is the kind of thing that's going to get you to make a business. So get into it. Come on. You yeah, know? And I, and I think, so what you're saying is there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of doucheness to copywriting yeah. some, sometimes. But the, and it's the same as just sales in general. Sales, sales in can general. feel really yeah. slimy. It's like the difference between going to a used car dealership and a Tesla like right. like showroom. Yeah. You know? What are the difference in the quality of the relationship that you're gonna get with the with a the person there? That's the different that's the that's the vast difference that, that there are differences that are possible in copywriting too. Right. For the web. Right. And then there's a there's a third uh for me, which is maybe even more exciting, uh which is the kind of fun, irreverent, mm -hmm. in-your-face kind of copywriting. Like, like, hey, we know we've watched the same videos. Like, we know the same movies. We like, like Dollar Shave Club. Like yeah, that, like that uh, video that we've talked about. I had times recently. I had a thing that I was gonna I was gonna mention a handful of, of examples of great copywriting. It just was too long. I just had to cut it. Yeah, yeah. I had to cut it, but that was one of them. Obviously, you know. Right, and the, that's a that's a script technically in a in mm -hmm. video, but it's the same thing. Oh, it's yeah, script. I don't. I've never noticed. I've never worked harder on copywriting than than For in video. videos. Yeah, videos. I work on harder than on text because with text reading on a page, people are going to be skipping around. They're going to be jumping to this, that, and the other. It's kind of this gestalt effect. With a video, you're locked to a timeline, and if you are if you get boring for a second, they're really prone to go away. You know, so you want it. It's always building, always building, always building. Yep. Much more. Um, anyways, a lot of people, so, when they real go, quick, go, go for let it. Me, let me just jump in with one more thing, because I think there's one dimension that, that you guys haven't touched on yet, which is especially like if we re rewind this conversation all the way to the beginning, Chase, when you talked about the importance of copywriting, like this is how you get people to take action. This yeah. is how you sell to people. This is how you get them invested in your story. I have to imagine that there's a lot of people out there who hear that and they are almost tensing up thinking like, Oh my God, but how do mm. I do that? Like that feels yeah. like so much pressure. So there, are, I think are some people like you mentioned who are kind of excited to pitch. They're excited to talk about all the bells and whistles of their business ideas because they're excited and they think that there's a lot of value, but there's a lot of people who are 
really excited about their business, but just feel like the pressure is so high to create compelling copy that they think to themselves, I'm not good at this. This doesn't come naturally to me. I feel like writing sales copy is one of the number one things that people are like, I just got to pay somebody to do this because I'm not good at it. So I think that that's really important too, to recognize if you're hearing, you know, some of the important things that we're talking about when it comes to copywriting, it doesn't have to be as scary as it might sound like. It just seems like such an important thing to have to get people to take action. Like that seems like such a tall order. And I think the value of everything we're going to get into in this conversation and also the post that you wrote, Chase, is it really just breaks it down into uh, like after I read it, I thought to myself, okay, like I could, I could do this. I could tell the story of my business in an organic way that makes people get off off their butt and go do something. And that's really all we're talking about. So I think it sounds like just like with sales, a lot of people shy away from sales or becoming a salesman because they're afraid of coming off as slimy or they're afraid of, you know, not being good at it. A lot of people say they're not good at sales, but at the end of the day, when you break it down and just start to talk about the story behind it, which I think we're going to get into, it becomes a lot more um, approachable and maybe even fun, which I think is really important to recognize too. Yeah, I love that. That's that, and it's such a good point to bring up. I think people are oftentimes just like, oh, I, I think I think the two big fears that I that I address a little bit in the post is like, I don't want to sound sleazy. Are you gonna make me? Do I have to sound sleazy? You know, and it's like, no, you're gonna sell so much better when you're more natural, when you're yourself. Right. People want you because mm-hmm. they want to know that you care about the they and they want a connection to a they want a connection. They want a connection, and they want they want a connection to someone who's as serious about this thing that as they are. Do you know what I mean? This thing they're going to purchase. Yep. Why are they purchasing it? That reason why they want you to care about that as much as they do. And when they notice that it's a person, they get the personality. You know, for me, they this is all this like like um, it's it's very easy to notice in in smaller businesses and and bigger business when you're buying a Samsung Galaxy tablet or something like that. They're just it's just you're talking to an alien. You know, um, and that, those those businesses work like that. So there's definitely a lot of different kinds of copywriting. So one fear is like, is it going to make me sound sleazy? No, you're going to be selling better as yourself. And like, just believe on that. Just say, I'm not willing to do anything else but be myself. Screw it. Then the other fear is like, I'm not good at writing. And um, and truth is, writing actually is hard, unless you know exactly who you're writing to and what you need to tell them, right? That's what I think the whole art of copywriting and writing in general is, is if you can, like I, uh, one of the tricks that I, that I get into in this is talking to one specific person. And we've mentioned this a lot on the show. When you're thinking about your business idea, when you're thinking about writing a blog post, when you're thinking about a podcast, when you're thinking about a biz, wh- whatever it is, what if you aimed that, if you targeted that whole thing at one person that you really know in your life? So for me, I've got a friend in New York called Willie that I can target things at. Or my dad, this is a great example. My dad, I have, I have written blog posts on Fizzle or for the Sparkline at Fizzle, the blog. I have written blog posts there in an email addressed to my dad. Just like I open up an email in Gmail and I type in dad's G- email address and then I give it a head, the headline. I'm like, I, I, the headline subject. comes from the subject right. that I write that I would write to him. Yeah. Like what would surprise him? What would interest him? What would be the take that would actually be curious to him? Yep. That is such an easier way to write when I'm like, hey, dad, I need you to know how to use the podcast app on your phone. Right. And then, and then it's like, that's easy to write about, even if it's going to take some time, but it's not difficult. You know, yep. that trick of talking to one specific person um, is so helpful because it, it it 
it does and it answers all of these weird ambiguous questions for you without you even asking them right who is it for what are they actually struggling with or what level of intelligence are they at what kind of cultural references do they get what's important to them about this thing what's their level of of insight about this technology in general what's like you know like all of those things immediately your intuition your empathy your thing that your body and your soul and emotion or whatever has been doing for a million years interacting with people in in human packs right. and knowing your sort of place in the tribe and stuff like that. You've got all of this machinery. When you aim it at one person, you get to use that machinery. When you aim it at like some fake person or some swath of people, people who are 35 plus with two Labradoodles who shop at Whole Foods because yada, yada, yada. Then you're just like, uh, you know. Where's the busy bee? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Best oh, that was best to show. <laughs> That's right. So, um, so I, I leave that that little that little morsel as a way to address this idea that this copywriting is hard unless you do a little work to figure out who the hell you're writing it for, yeah, and what exactly they need to hear. And that's what this entire post that we've written, uh, you know, is all about. A lot of this, I think, is hard. It's it's interesting because I know over the past year on the podcast and elsewhere we've hammered really hard on this idea of having customer conversations. Yeah. I think a lot of the fear of writing copy and trying to sell something yeah. is that people don't know who their customer is. Yeah. They just, they, I think never you're, you're right. The single potential customer. You are so right. And there's just all this ambiguity to it. And it just makes it, it's awkward. That's why that course, that customer conversation course, I think is one of the most powerful things. Like, like, we hear like every week from people who are like, oh my God, I, I talk to my I customer to and duh, like does it, it sounds so simple. And but, they have that, they have that reaction. They're like, duh, of course it's going to come from this. Yeah. I'll never forget when we did it with Scott Dinsmore. I was like, these are the questions I want you to ask. Yeah. I want you to talk to your people. And, and he had like 25 of these calls and he came back and he was like, Chase, I had no idea who these people were. Yeah. What they were dealing with. What was going I am so connected to them now that I know exactly what to do next. Yeah. You know, right. I know exactly what I'm and doing. And when you're writing copy, y you can imagine these people in reality, like yeah. in your head. Yeah. So to me, what I try to hit on a bunch in the article is that's the perspective shift. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's when we do all of these exercises that I developed in the article so that I can get you in the perspective of a customer. Because that transformative experience where you realize that they are different from you and you you can see some of their edges so much clearer because you're kind of looking both from your perspective and from their perspective and you know how to do it. You just know how to do it. Yeah. Right? It's this it's this awesome empathy thing that you've got built into you that you know how to talk to these people in a way that's interesting to them. Yeah. And you do that um, so that and that's what the article sort of lays out in this in this big we have this great downloadable called the 8020 copywriting sketch sheet the sketch sheet um 8020 we call this the 8020 copywriting um guide because as corbett mentioned i've done a lot of studying of copywriting just as a hobbyist just as a sort of an enthusiast i love advertising i love the history of advertising because i i'm like i fancy myself almost like a pastor and i think who who is doing a better job of it i mean the advertising industry is is what a pastor is trying to be for Jesus. <laughs> do you know what I mean? The advertising industry is trying to just convince and convert and do all of these things. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing that we were always trying to do back in the Jesus days. Um, and so there's, there's this element of like, I can manipulate you, you know, as an advertiser, like as an advertiser, we're manipulated all day long. Maybe it's Maybelline. Nah, she could be born. No, she's not born with that. 
that's Maybelline. You know what I mean? And how is that not affecting how you think about yourself? I like a, on a cultural level as a, as a silly example, but I love, I, I think it's such a dastardly disgusting thing. And also such a, like, I can't help but be interested in it because it wields so much power and we're all just so invisible to it. It, yeah, it's a real fine line though. Right. Yeah. And this is where, uh, I think people go astray when they start trying to use the techniques of the masters. Yeah. And it falls flat because they're missing something. And then it just comes across as you're trying to sell me on this. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, if, if Ogilvy or somebody did it, yeah, you'd fall for it. Oh man. I saw an advertisement today and I tweeted it. It's this, um, it's the, it's the, it's the, the, the girl, the, the, the daughter from the leftovers is in the spike Jones commercial for a cologne or a fragrance called like Conzo or something like that. I'll put it in the show notes. And I'm like, it was it was breaking like the back of my brain like completely off because you know you know advertisings advertisements for colognes and, and, and fragrances what is it it's it's some celebrity that you know like walking through the paparazzi and it's like shh, shh, shh and it's like some mystical music and she's like on, on the bed with Matthew McConaughey and it's like they're laughing and then they're like looking at the balcony on Paris and they're like they're like and then it's just and it's just like a fragrance for men <laughs> do you know what, do you know what yeah. I mean it's just it's just these symbols these images these desires these sort of vague uh, it, it, fantasies right do you know what I mean and 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 it, that's like the stage of advertising it's very cool these these ideas of these state and one stage of advertising at the very beginning is you just say what the thing is. You just say what the thing is. Head on, apply directly to the head. Head on, apply directly to the head. It oh, alleviates over, over, you know. And it works. And it does that. They, 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 you know, early days of um of like what was it? What was the antacid one? It's like it's like a hammer on on the belly or something. I can't remember yeah. what it was. But you're just saying what it is. Yeah. And it works and it works and it works. Geico. And then 15 minutes could save you 15 exactly. or more on car insurance. Exactly. And For then, how long? 30 years they've said that exactly. Exactly. And then as markets mature, the advertising the way we talk about it has to change. Yeah. So if fragrance is so far from a felt from an actual need that it has to just it has to just kind of uh, create an it has atmosphere. To be evocative. It, it, exactly. Yeah. It just and, and, and the less it says, the better. So uh, this commercial that I saw, the Spike Jones commercial, is like, how do you sell a fragrance to millennials? Is to me what the question they were answering mm. is, and it's like, it, it's it, it's it. They don't they don't even tell you about the fragrance. It's it. Not even one. No, like they, they, this is oh. how they do. It. Yeah, this is it. This is it. Um, and I just love it. I love it as an expert, as as a as a as an experiment in in these are what these are. You, it's what's cool about it is you can see so clearly the cultural differences between you know our our marketing to advertising to our our moms and dads a fragrance you know using or or you know someone just the the generation older than us and then the generation younger than us, yeah. you can kind of see all of the manipulation at work. Mm -hmm. And I, and I love, for some reason I love that because I don't want to be manipulated. I just don't want to be manipulated. And that's what copywriting is kind of about. It's like learning those, for some people it's like learning those triggers and tricks and things like that. Yeah. And just like you said, you can start finding those triggers and tricks and your shit doesn't work, man. Yeah. It just doesn't. Cause you can tell you, it sounds played out. So, so little side note for people yeah. who are interested in some of this stuff. They want to learn kind of the background, the psychology yeah. of it. A really great book for this uh, is called Influence by Robert Cialdini. Yeah. He's, a, he's an academic. And uh, this book basically uncovers several of the most common sales techniques and why they work and studies behind them yeah. that they've done experiments on them. And you learn this stuff and it's like, wow, it feels like it's like some black hat kind of stuff. It like does. He's got this, 
you you have this crazy power now because you know these techniques. and you know what I, like along with that there's this netflix um i think it was a netflix original called experimenter uh and it's about the stanley milgram experiment where you're you are you are in one room and you have a bunch of a bunch of voltages in front of you and then the other guy that you came in with he goes into the other room and um mm. there you're separated by the thing and you're asking him questions and if he makes a mistake you have to shock him and every mistake Wasn't that in ghostbusters too possibly the, i mean the first one like or something like there was a movie where they were doing that maybe experiment. yeah maybe but it's a fa it's a world famous experience because it because of where of what happened like it starts at like 15 volts 20 volts 25 30 yeah and every mistake it keeps going and then on the other room you can hear him ow stop it like you, you, there's recordings of these. Shocked. He's not being shocked. Uh, You're the one addressing, the, doing the test is the one being t being tested. experimented yeah, yeah, yeah. on. And, like like the numbers of people who go all the way to like 550 volts or whatever it is yeah. at the very end is flabbergasting. So Stanley Milgram is just looking because the whole thing is about to find out how depraved. Because behind are. no behind you is a guy in a lab coat going like, please address the shock, just with the, just a lab yeah. coat and a, and a clipboard. Please do the shock. You can do the shock now. And the person's like, no, I can't. No, it's okay. You can do the shock. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he's just... That's and, awesome. And it's nothing besides, please do the shock, basically, and having a state of authority. These aren't researchers or anything. They're yeah. just and they're just looking like it. And the whole point of it, this, and they, they really make this point well in this Netflix series, is how susceptible we are to authority. Mm -hmm. And so these experiments became really important in the trials of the Holocaust Um uh, the the German Holocaust guys who were like doing the yeah, thing yeah. when they were being tried in in Israel and, and Argentina and all sorts of stuff. These these things came up because because these people like they weren't they didn't feel or look guilty at all. Because like I was just doing what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah, I didn't even know it was wrong. Interesting. So it's the same elements at work. This I this authority, but like like uh, boogeyman. That yeah. we have authority boogeyman, the fitting in. That's like kind of like how do we fit in with our tribe? Yeah. Kind of, you know, yeah, all and of then those things. Like price anchoring and yeah, there's know. all sorts of specific, specific yeah. little tricks, right? Yeah, feeling feeling like you owe someone because they did something for you. There, yeah, there are all these little psychological tricks. And so where I make a big distinction, and this is across all creative fields, um, and I consider copywriting a creative field for sure. Um, huge distinction, and help me think about the wording on this between a rule. Mm -hmm. and the principle yeah principles are these underlying things that are kind of basically always true but rules keep changing over time and every guru gloms on to the handful of rules because every all the whole everybody who wants to learn copywriting wants to learn all the rules they think copywriting is the rules right the rules are not the rule the, the rules are not what you're looking for right they're they are temporary they are momentary. They work right now. That's like head on, apply directly to the forehead. Head on, apply directly to the forehead. So you're like, oh, these are the principles of these are. Th that's a rule. I should use that, and it doesn't work because you don't know what copywriting is actually for. Is not the rules. It's for the principles. The principles of yeah, interesting someone in the thing, alluring them towards this thing, understanding what it is they want beyond the product. The product's always enabling something, mm -hmm. you know? And this is, so to me, it's very similar to the spiritual journey. As a pastor, I was, I was like, 
trying to get people connected to the life that they wanted to live and doing that through Jesus in some ways almost. You know what I mean? Right. I, was, I wanted them to feel compassionate, empathetic, connected, having good relationships, feeling good about their career. These are the things I still want people to have, people right? People don't want a drill bit. They yeah. want a hole. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it, right? So um, so for all those reasons, that's why copywriting is this very big, complex sort of thing. Um, and one of the other principles uh, or things that I that I come out with in the thing is like copywriting isn't about, you know, quote, writing that you feel good about or quote, writing that your friends like or something like that. Copywriting is about being effective, effectively achieving certain results, right? For a particular type of person, I what I call your target reader. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's the whole point of copywriting is you are able to just unlock this. Per they land and they're like, oh my God, I never thought about this or I've been waiting for this. Oh, you've like been reading my diary. You know, that's what I want people to be able to do as copywriters because hopefully it means your product is going to live up to that promise. Because when you understand the, the, the things that people want, you realize you can be very successful cap like giving them what they want. Yeah. You know, you can be really successful absolutely fulfilling people. You know, but, I like that. But at the end of the day, it does have to align with your product. It has to align with That's your product. Whole, whole and, and, but I think, I think copywriting is a great discipline for making your product better. Mm. Because just same, same thing with uh, customer conversations. You know, copywriting is sort of like the, uh, the, 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 the tip of the blade of customer conversations. Like it's like um, you, have, you do all this work and gather all these, fine all these materials, but the copywriting is sort of like the plate at the end of the, of the you know, at the restaurant. The plate that is like, you know, it's all beautiful and it's put together. That's your copywriting. Here's your steak. Here's your potatoes. Oh, look, this little garnish. Like here's this thing. Oh, it's a denatured egg yolk or who knows, who knows what, right? right? And, but all of that came from the research that you did on the things that people want to try or are interested in on a dinner food. Dinner food. Dinner foods. <laughs> you can see that that was my, it's almost three o'clock brain going right there. Hmm. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, in this conversation, I kind of want to just have this general, I, I like where we are right now, just thinking through what is copyright, what's difficult about it, because the guide itself is, walks you through all the details about it. But on the background, I mean, we're doing a lot of copywriting here at Fizzle. You know what I mean? We are yeah. writing all the time blog posts especially. Yep. I'm writing intros and outros for podcasts all the time. Yep. And those are totally copywriting to me. Yep. Courses, uh, sales pages for courses, uh, promotional emails for courses or for Fizzle in general. Yep. And if you are running an indie business, chances are you're doing a lot of copywriting too. Yeah. And I, and I would say, you know, even like within a course, uh, in most of our courses now we're structuring them so that almost every lesson has a desired action that we want people to take. Yeah. And so in that regard, even though we're not trying to sell something, we're not trying to convince someone to pay us money, yeah. we're trying to convince them to take the action because if they do that, they'll achieve some outcome and then we will have imparted value upon them, which is yeah. our whole goal, right? Yeah. So it's copywriting, mm -hmm. you know, even though it's, it's not for the purposes of like, you know, yeah, exactly. Prying someone's money out of their hands. Where do you think, where do you think people make, mistakes with copywriting um so not understanding their customer mm -hmm. um feeling like for some reason because this is because this is copywriting and i'm selling something i have to get salesy yeah you yeah. know feeling yeah. like uh i can't i can't just be myself and i can't you know it's interesting that a lot of people who end up copywriting had to create blog you know, posts or podcast episodes or videos or something like that. Yeah. 
And then when it comes time to create a sales page, suddenly their voice totally changes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they throw out everything that was working for them in Mm -hmm. the beginning. Um, Whereas what you have to realize is that every podcast or every blog post in a way is a piece of copywriting because you want someone, like you said earlier, to subscribe to something Mm -hmm. or or um, to do something. You're building you trust. At the very at the very least, every piece of content, every every interaction you have with someone, you just want to, hey, I'm trustworthy. I'm trustworthy. I'm tra- here's something valuable. Here's something valuable. Here's something valuable. Here's an insight that I've found yeah. that might be helpful for, for you. That's just a fundamentally a trustworthy kind of thing. It's trust building at least. Right. You yeah. know, and so when you get a call to action in the context of that trust, that's why blogging is, is such a powerful tool because it's not like you know just some no name journalist in some magazine that I don't, that I just thumb through every now and again. It's like I listen to this person because I like their ideas on X, Y, and Z. And so when they release a product that helps me on this thing that I'm specifically coming to them for, I'm very curious about that yeah. because they are someone I see as an expert. You know. I think that there's also a lot of belief that, you know, if I could just say the perfect thing, like if I could use just the perfect Ooh, yeah. turn the perfect turn of phrase or the right like wording or the right language, it reminds me so much my background is in sales and I used to train people how to sell and that was one of the number one things that I saw people running into, especially young salespeople, was like if I could just say the right thing in the first 30 seconds of the conversation, yeah. maybe that would make them say yes. And the funny thing is it couldn't be less true because the more in sales, the more you talk about yourself, the more that you start like word vomiting on people, the mm. more that they tense up because they're like, like you guys said, it, it feels sleazy. It doesn't feel good when you, when it's very transparent that you're being sold to. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's interesting that you're, a lot of people believe if you could just say the perfect thing, then it would get somebody to take action when it's really the opposite. It's really getting people to see themselves in the picture versus you telling them what like what they should be doing. So mm-hmm. I think there's definitely a lot there about nailing that perfect language. Like if I could just find the right formula for what to say. And it, I, I just don't think that that's, it's the case because it's it's not authentic, which like you yeah. guys said, building trust is that on- authenticity and that honesty that people are looking for that make them want to give you their business in the first place. That, that's interesting. That kind of leads to uh, one of the pieces of the sketch sheet, yeah. which is uh, in sales, you know, your job a lot of times is to try to get the client to talk as much as possible. Right. Just so yeah. you can listen and hopefully yeah. they start, you know, convincing themselves yeah, yeah. Exactly. Of, of the need. Um, whereas with copywriting, you don't have that ability because yeah. the, the customer is just sitting there reading. So instead, you want to start echoing things that you think are on the client's mind. Yeah. Um, which is probably a technique in sales as well. If the client's not talking, you mm-hmm. want to start saying things that hopefully they're thinking about already. And mm-hmm. that's a piece of the sketch sheet, this whole mm-hmm. idea of empathy and understanding yeah. what problem yep. or need or desire they have. Yeah, especially the, yeah, the, the what, what, one of the things that's really powerful about that question. So on the sketch sheet, that is the, the, the sort of, um, worksheet with with this copywriting thing it's for free so you just go to fizzleshow.co slash 178 and that will be right there you can just download it one of the one of the boxes is like what um what need or desire does this target reader already have about this topic that your product or your copywriting piece is about this topic or idea or transformation or whatever it is that you're selling to them or trying to convince them of doing and it's that it's that 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 need or desire they already have they already have and then they know about yeah right what how are they already talking about it there's that question and then there's also another one on and what are the objections what are the objections that are gonna, that, that like, they're naturally going to have they're naturally going to come up and that's a good one i go into kind of some depth on 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 that one to get you thinking in the details 
of the objections because what this whole thing is is just an exercise in in perspective. Getting out of your head and your assumptions. You don't know the assumptions that you're already making about them. So I want you to be curious and these questions just prompt you with some curiosity and you're like, oh yeah, what are they? What are they? And I, I tried really hard to make the questions as powerful as possible so that you would get some insight about this. So you, yeah. you'd have to be you actually, I wonder what, I wonder what's the, where they're vulnerable about my, this idea. My favorite feedback today on uh, this guide that you put together yeah. in the sketch sheet was uh, a Fizzle member named Rob mm. who already today yeah. turned your sketch sheet mm. into a checklist that he then implemented as a WordPress plugin. <laughs> Amazing. It's like underneath the publish button. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm assuming like he has to check all those things before it will allow him to yeah. publish anything from <laughs> That's WordPress. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, because these questions are really powerful. And, all, and and honestly, Corbin and I, we will sit with just a couple of these questions, a few of these questions before we do a podcast episode or something. We'll put that on the whiteboard. And that's all we need to kind of get in the mindset. We didn't have the mindset before we started asking those questions. We got a little bit curious about what what would our ideal fizzlers actually be feeling or thinking about this kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And right. then and then through those questions, like what's the transformation? What are they afraid of? Who specifically is it? You know, what are the objections? What are the what are the, the the needs or desires that they think they want versus yeah. the ones that that we know they need what's, or something like that? What's interesting too is when you when you reflect that stuff back to people, you don't actually have to persuade them of anything. You don't have to do the convincing. Yeah. The, the yeah. like Corbett said, the convincing happens when they see themselves in that reflection and say, "Okay, yeah, I need to take action on this." So yeah. I think when you remove that pressure, like, "Oh my god, I have to persuade them," that doesn't work in sales anyway. You can't make anybody do anything. You can just make somebody feel like they should take action on something based on the information in front of them. So sometimes if you yeah. take that pressure off of yourself to be the person that's going to persuade them, instead try to reflect, you know, this is why testimonials work. This is why people tell the story of what happened in, with other clients that they've worked with because then yeah. people see themselves and they're like, "Wow, okay, actually that's that's the result that I'm looking for I think I'll take action on that so I always found for me it was really helpful to be like okay I don't I don't need to be the persuader here I just need to tell the story and people will be you know have the ability to convince themselves based off of that you know I think there's something really powerful in what you're talking about which ties in with your your previous point about like there's not some perfect thing you can say like, I think a lot right. of people are, are like holding out for some there's some perfect thing yeah you're not you're not a you're not a performer you're not you're not a Tony Robbins you don't have this all licked you don't have this all figured out you know because Tony Robbins actually isn't isn't doesn't have this all licked he's kind of winging it up there too doing his version of it same thing with like my favorite comedians everything's prepared but there's a lot of some some room for that it's all prepared as themselves first of all and then they're, it's delivered with a little bit of improv, you know, half the time, uh, for some of them at least. But this this idea of um, you can tell your story, like I love it when copywriting turns into sort of telling your story. I think a lot of bloggers start like that. Like I'm going to travel around, I'm going to figure out lifestyle design, I'm going to do this, that, and the other, I'm going to write about it. And we're learning through your story. So it's just fundamentally like somehow kind of connecting. And I think copywriting is is so easy to be like that mm -hmm. when you're and so, so the the rule the thing that people that gurus try to turn into like a here's how you can trick your your readers into by doing this is like when i first started out i was just like you i was this that and the other which is yeah that's actually the formula that could work but like but then surprised me intrigued me intrigued right. me with like something that you be vulnerable show me you and then show me how you've grown like show in a way that's like 
that you can like you can do that and that's uh, that the, what's hard for me on this is this is like so in my wheelhouse all this copywriting stuff is like so in my wheelhouse i love this stuff i've been geeking out on this um because it's no different than songwriting to me it's no different than poetry and uh, and all the sort of artistic endeavors that i've always kind of done with words mm -hmm. i love it that way um you can just get paid more to do this but <laughs> so it's so in my wheelhouse so it's kind of hard to know if it really is the kind of thing that, because so I believe everybody can do this. I believe anybody can take this sketch sheet and end up with with a mindset and a perspective and a raw materials enough to write a great and effective sales page. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know? they, they certainly will be far better than they would be yeah. just right out of the gate. Probably better than than some copywriters would be who yeah. who you'd hire and they're just going to do what they've done on every other page right. because that's because I'm hiring you to be a mediocre sales page writer for me. And so, oh look, you gave me a mediocre sales page. Cool. Yeah, you know? all the all the rules that you've talked about of copywriting yeah. or all the little things that people would the tricks they would pull out of their bag if yeah. if you hired them. I I think those fail completely if you don't understand who the customer is. Yeah. Right. And that's why you, you as the business owner, even though you're yeah. probably not a great copywriter to begin with, yeah. if you take you know some basic principles like Chase is teaching you here and apply your knowledge of who the customer is, you're going to be more effective than the $1,000 an yeah. hour copywriter that you might hire. Totally. Mm -hmm. And I love that because... because I mean, you just, you said it, man, because you're going to know more about your customers and you're going to care more about your business and hopefully care more about your customers than anybody else that comes in. Yeah. The thing is, is when I came in and designed people's sites, they, they got what they wanted. I cared more about their audience than they did. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I cared sure. a lot about the people. I, I did all the work that I could to empathize with these people and to realize they're the hero of their story and their story matters. They're a Luke Skywalker and their family was just killed and now they're being thrust into this adventure to take out the, the evil emperor, you know? And it's like, holy crap, they need help. Yeah. They need help. And your business is making stuff that helps them. So let's get this website up in a way that works. You know, and it was that care that has only ever been my competitive advantage as a designer. And now uh, doing what we do at Fizzle as a creative director of here or as, as a writer or whatever, it's because like I see people, I see what what's at stake, you know, and that that's um, that is empathy building. And and so I love this idea of there's just these exercises in this worksheet that can hopefully get you there. Now, if you are just like totally you, you can't, you can't. You're just, I don't write. I don't know how I haven't. Um, but, and, and that, if that's where you are, then then I, you, totally. You'll go, hire, go hire people for sure. And if you have enough money and you're like, it's more important than I spend time over here doing this other stuff, then then keep then go hire, hire copywriters because there's a lot of good copywriters. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of good copywriters out yeah, there. You have to be careful though because, um, you know, if you hire a copywriter to write a sales page or something for you, you have to realize that whatever that copywriter does on that sales page is going to influence the way people yeah. experience your brand. Yeah. And they're good. It's going to change what people think you are. Right. You know, and that, that could be a dangerous thing. Like you, one of the most important things about building a business is that you understand what the brand is, what you represent, what mm -hmm. you stand for, uh, how, what your promise is to the people, why you care about yeah. your customers. And, you know, you you might feel like, oh, if I hire a copywriter, I'm going to make more money, and that yeah. might be true in the short term. Yeah. But you almost you might also lose control 
over the direction of your brand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a year or two from now, you might suddenly realize like, wow, this company turned out not at all like I had hoped it would. Yeah. And that could be in part because you let someone else speak for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I absolutely resonate with that because it, it, but that's also this kind of thing that I geeks geek out about. I don't know. Maybe some, maybe other entrepreneurs aren't as, aren't as sensitive to that. They don't really care. Yeah. But I feel like the way that, that culture is going, the way millennials are, in five years, we all have to be selling to millennials. So, <laughs> so listen, five years, none of us survive unless, unless we're selling to baby boomers or millennials or something like that. So pick one, head in one direction. But, but like the way that it, that's going, is, it's like we're reinventing everything again and, and all the forms are changing. And, and in 10 years, they're all going to be, you know, old, used up forms like every other form. But in the meantime, it's really fun to reinvent what, a, what can happen on a sales page. Right. That to me, like reinvent how to sell, how to, because it's not selling, it's, it's, um, enti it's intriguing someone, mm -hmm. it's enticing someone, it's turning them on, it's, it's getting them it's curious. Getting, getting a, getting them, convincing them to pay attention long enough yeah. so that you can help them with some major problem, need, or desire yeah. that they have. And then what I love mm -hmm. about being here at Fizzle is like, people, you can, or you can help them deal with stuff that matters. It doesn't have to be stuff that doesn't matter. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like cozy kama, right? Cozy kama. We've got that. We've got the the wood beds that you put your own pillow on the wood bed for the dog, right? So they get the pack smell going. This awesome like little thing. That's that's. I love that. I love the whole idea of it. You don't have to. It's not changing the world, but it's like I care about my dog. I care about my dog, and I care about them knowing they're a part of the pack, and them having that security. And and yeah. like done, yeah. done. That it matters. It matters. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that. Let alone all the, the big stuff dealing with dep depression and anxiety, dealing with food for putting food on the table for you just realize your daughter's diagnosed with celiac disease. You know, you're like, now I got to figure out how to make food like that. Right. It's yeah. like there's there's got to be a product for that. Something that helps people with that because that matters. Right. You know what I mean? I love I love that we can we can earn our way through life. I don't like the word earn because it's like. It's already yours to live, but but earn a living is spend it wisely. It's spend it wisely. Yeah, you can you can you can make enough money doing something that you actually enjoy or that you at least care about a little bit because it's going to be a job for sure. But you can you can it can be about something you care about instead of something that just sucks your soul straight out from one of the holes that you really didn't want your soul to get sucked through. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, take your pick. None of them are that great. <laughs> When you no more. <laughs> but, There's the stuff we know. <laughs> so, but the idea, the, the idea that we, you can do this, you can do, you can earn a living doing stuff's like the the bumpers for our bowling. She is, I'm like, yeah. uh, uh, back yeah. to the, back to the middle. Yeah, which Just is keep it out of that gutter. How did we survive? How did we survive for the last so so many episodes? I don't know. So copywriting is the thing that you can do. You can absolutely do it. You can do it today. And it, and and in the worksheet and in the whole article, I know it's long, but just you'll love it. If you have to write any sort of sales copy, if you have to write an email or something like that, you can do this for every single thing that you write. And I think it's pretty self-explanatory as you're reading through it and as you're using the thing. And I would love to hear if it's working for you or if you have questions or what your workflow is about it, because uh, I'd like for this thing to get better and better and better. So so people can who are so people who are building good stuff can actually put up a sales page they feel comfortable with that actually works. 
you know, without having to spend a bunch of money on someone else, having to sacrifice, you know, pieces of their brand because some copywriter says you got to do this or that. Um, I want you to have the confidence to put something out that feels great, man. I think that'd be amazing. So, I want to, I want to live in that world at least. Where would people find this again? Fizzleshow.co slash one seven eight. Fizzleshow.co slash one seven eight. All right. Love it. I, I think that's it, guys. Good. I think that's where we should, we should quit. Okay. I think okay. we're big quitters right now. Quitter. We should quit. But it's, I, I, I hope you do quit. Right? Because it, how are you going to find out what it is you really like if you're not quitting things, picking them up and pick up other things and try and quit those? After all, we're just a tube. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I have been Steph Crowder. And we will see you there. Or, or we'll, we'll see you, see you another time. We really ruined that one. Let's do it again. And we'll see you there. Or, or we'll, we'll see you another, another time. time. Wow, we nailed it. So there you have it. All right. <laughs> Gosh, I am just a zoo morning news guy. I just, I'm the worst person. I am the worst person you know right now. Fizzleshow.co slash 178, right? That is where you are going to find a huge article that completely walks you through the copywriting process, okay? The one that we use here at Fizzle. It's something we have spent a lot of hours on, you guys, and there are some really helpful ideas and lessons in there that are going to change how you write for the web forever. Are you intrigued? You'll also find that there's this 80-20 copywriting sketch sheet. You know, you could spend the rest of your life learning about copywriting, but this guide, to me, is like everything I've learned in the last 10 years in one simple process, one little toolkit so that you can you can apply it and be creative with it. Okay, so you're gonna, there's a sketch sheet, a worksheet that comes with it that I use for every piece of copywriting that I do. All of that is yours for free at fizzleshow.co slash 178. I hope you love it. Here's an iTunes review from Magnitude in the UK who says... Well thought out and solid advice. I enjoy listening to Chase and Corbett. It's like having these two around for a pint or two. I imagine seeing Corbett's eyes roll whilst he tries to rein in Chase from his tangential, surreal fights of fantasy. I think you learn best when you're happy. So it's laugh and learn. Why did I give them only four stars and not five for a show 176? Well, simple. Because Chase forgot to press record for the first 30 minutes. Brilliant stuff. <laughs> I didn't, it wasn't my best accent. Uh, I hope I, I probably am just making whoever wrote this really upset. Hey, it's all good fun. Sorry. But you gave me four stars. You, you, you penalized my iTunes because I made a mistake. And you know what? I deserve it. I deserve it. For 176, I forgot to push record for the first 30 minutes, and then we had to go back and redo it. It was ridiculous. If you haven't listened to that, Fizzle Show, that goes 176. Thank you so much, Magnitude, for hanging out on the iTunes page and leaving us a review. Really do appreciate it, even if it's four stars. Dear listener, our goal here is to help you make progress on your business every single week. Why else would we be making so much free stuff when we could just make stuff that we charge you money for? If you leave us an iTunes review, it can help other entrepreneurs to find this show. So could you leave us a review? Simply search for the show in iTunes and click write a review. 
Okay, that's it for this episode. You know, copywriting is communication, and real communication can only come from empathy. The deeper your empathy, the better your communication. So, may you foster empathy for and curiosity about your potential customers or audience. I think you'll find that business results just might follow. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.